I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have one of my namesakes, Jason Moore, coming in from Asheville, North Carolina. No known relation, but we are doing a Ancestry.com check post, and we will let you know if we are related. So Jason Moore, Spren, coming in with a pretty awesome technology platform that's going to change the industry. If you don't know it by now, you're going to know it in the next 25 minutes. So Jason, welcome to the show. Awesome, Pete. Thanks. Happy to be here. And um, just in case I spit all over the mic, you can collect the DNA sample there and we can uh, use that for our... Uh, That's true. Yeah, put it in one of those colon boxes and send it over to the post office because we just got off another call. Somebody talking about what they ship over the U.S. mail, which is a little bit awesome, but a little <laughs> bit concerning. Um, so back to the show and let's talk about for us, you know, how you started this business, why you started it and how much traction you've gotten over a pretty short period of time. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So basically this, um, this stemmed from my background in fitness. I have a background in data, uh, software and fitness because of that combination kind of led me to biomarkers, um, and things that you can learn about the body by measuring, uh, signals from the body. So, uh, long story short, I got really deep into the weeds on research around heart rate variability or HRV. Some people might've heard of elite HRV, which is the app that we created originally to start down this path of helping people just understand what their body's trying to tell them on their fitness and wellness journey. And uh, that evolved a lot over the years. Now we're uh, launching it. We've launched a new platform this year called Spren. And Spren basically is a, um, it's a device agnostic and camera sensing platform, which I'm going to get a little uh, wordy here for a second. Um, but basically the, the nuts and bolts of it is that it makes it easy for other businesses, other products and other services in the industry to deliver these kind of science-backed insights about the body, things like heart rate variability, body composition, stress detection, recovery, cardiovascular fitness, and kind of the list goes on. So we've packaged basically about a decade of research that we've been doing in the space of biomarkers and biometrics into this SDK and API that other businesses put into their products. Now, do you know anyone else from the oil and gas industry that worked at Marathon Oil doing preventative health on the pipeline that's morphed into preventative health for humans? <laughs> or are you the only one? I might be the only one with those specific credentials, but it is amazing to see like what this high dollar equipment where, where if it fails, it can literally kill people or waste, you know, millions sure. or billions of dollars how much effort gets put into preventive and predictive care of that equipment. And then ultimately, I kind of realized the most valuable piece of equipment in the whole world is my own body. So why am I not kind of spending the same level of, uh, you know, preventive and predictive care on my body? 
Right. Yeah, I mean, as I was reading through your 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 bio prepping for this, I kind of felt it was like almost ironic that you're basically, you know, working on machines and then say, okay, let's work on the ultimate machine. And it was almost it's almost like a natural progression of your career in like a bizarre, you know, set of circumstances <laughs> right. where you're like, I am actually qualified to do this because I'm in maintenance and prevention, you know, using data analytics and software in both industries. So. We'd like to thank you for joining our halo sector and, and getting out of the oil and gas industry um, and, and basically using all that knowledge, you know, which I'm sure was the highest level, right, of, of the industry where yeah. you were and kind of, you know, moving that into uh, a business such as ours, which is much more fragmented, um, probably doesn't have the same dollars that you could get, um, you know, revenue wise. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the crossover because part of it is um, that's a really old industry and um, there's a lot of patterns of behavior that need changing and the software and sensors and preventive processes aren't always readily accepted by everybody, especially if it requires behavior change. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get people to change their behavior based off of data from all this, you know, sensing and um, algorithms that we were working with. And then that was my day job in the evenings and uh, weekends. I was a fitness coach. And so I was like coaching people, trying to help them make their own transformations and realizing the same exact problems were happening where I was like, hey, people want to make change, but change is hard. Behavior change is hard. The right feedback at the right time uh, in a very personalized way can really help move the needle incrementally. And that's kind of what ended up colliding for me between those backgrounds around biomedical gotcha. specifically. Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, the industry has definitely embraced uh, heart rate monitoring, which, you know, you would, if Dave and I went back, you know, 10 years, we'd probably say it was like 50-50 whether they would do that because, you know, a lot of new technologies come to the industry and, you know, you know, it sounds like it's going to be the next big thing and it's not, you know, like the Oculus glasses, you know, you would say, you know, VR should have been the equivalent of, of heart rate monitoring, but heart rate monitoring appears to be like the only data that people need. Um, if you're going into an orange theory as an example, or you look at my zone as an example with the, uh, with the monitors that they get at point of sale. And then that's what they're using from a data standpoint to track the led screens of how you're progressing and what zone you're in. Um, so when you kind of take a look at some of those players that are embedded in the space, you take a look at Apple watch, which came out with a new version. And there's a lot of things you can do on there. Um, you know, how do you kind of fit into this ecosystem or are you a platform or a repository for all this information and, and what parts of it are only you're going to get the data or, Hey, look, any way you want to get the data to me, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, basically like as a tech startup, you kind of you kind of niche down, right? And like say where's the gap that needs the most filling right now, right? And so um 10 years ago when I was kind of getting into this uh sector, I had realized that heart rate variability was this really cool biomarker that it was really not that easy to get the accurate and meaningful data back from your body and really understand what it means because HRV goes deeper than heart rate, but it's, it can be a rabbit hole that's like confusing. Um, and if you just throw a bunch of raw HRV data at people, they're just like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. so um, we started with really a big focus on that biomarker because it's what you call a sensitive and non-specific marker. So it's really sensitive to making changes to nutrition, uh, inflammation, stress, exercise, recovery. But 
Um, it doesn't specific, just by measuring HRV alone, it doesn't specifically tell you like, Hey Pete, we measured your HRV tomorrow. You need to do, uh, one less cup of coffee and two more sets of squats or something like that. I mean, I'm, a, I'm up for that. I mean, I don't know why I have to give up the coffee, but hypothetically <laughs> fine. I'll do a couple more sets of squats. There what you kind go. of weight? Is the kettlebell okay? 35 pound kettlebell? Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, like cool. you, what you're doing, what you're saying right there is actually super relevant to the story because when we started out, we were, we were just giving this biomarker data back to people who were already looking for it. So they were like sports teams or research groups or biohackers or quantified self nerds that kind of were out there reading the research and they were like, yeah, I'm hungry for this biomarker data. Really quickly, we realized over the years that the average person doesn't have the time to go do all of that research themselves. Mm -hmm. They need a little bit more guidance on like, what does this mean for me today? And so over the years, we started layering on proprietary insights, things like recovery scores, readiness scores, stress detection, stuff like that. And that was a huge step in the right direction. But still, people came back and said, you know, this is amazing. There's there's two big points of feedback we got. This is amazing. Love the uh, data. But what should I do now? <laughs> sure, sure. And then the other half of it was, this is amazing. Love the data you're giving me, but I wish I didn't have to get this extra specialty device. Right. And so that was, became the two pillars of the evolution of our business. And basically the device side of things, we, we went device agnostic. We're saying, Hey, anywhere that you can collect data, that's high enough quality for us to deliver meaningful insights and guidance to you. We're cool with that. We don't want to stand in the way and say that you have to get any specific device. And it's not that we're against devices. We just feel like that devices have a lot of other things attached to them, like identity, um, you know, financial constraints. Um, you know, people don't want to wear something all day. Sometimes other people do love wearing stuff all day. So we're like, look, we're not going to try to restrict the whole playing field. Let's just try to work with as many of these devices as we can, including inventing our own tech where we can use smartphone cameras as an actual biometric sensor. Yeah, I mean, that seemed like next gen when I was watching that part of the video, I will tell you one thing before we move on yeah. is I got, and I don't have a gripe against aura. So I don't want anyone to call me or send me any emails. If anybody's working there, no offense, but I get this device, right? The ring and I'm wearing it for three weeks. And after three weeks, I'm like frustrated at the ring for how it's communicating with me. Mm -hmm. So I don't sleep very well. I know mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need the ring to like, I don't need to wake up every day and say, you know, in capital letters, like pay attention. Like I left my mom's, you know, house, you know, because I didn't really want to pay attention anymore. I wanted to kind of blaze my own trail, right? So I went to college furthest away from my house. Not that far, but at least a couple hours flight. So when you, when I looked at your interface and I looked at feeding information in, how it's kind of talking to me back, I felt like, I was friends with your device and you weren't like making me feel bad about myself. And I'm sure that was by design. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great point, Pete. And like, honestly, um, we, we, we went down a, a learning path on that. So sometimes we would say, look, Hey, um, let's say you're into high intensity training or something, right? A originally we were kind of like, Oh, today's kind of a, your body's under more stress. You should not train today. And people mm -hmm. were like, what the heck? but I want to train today. Right. And, right. and so, or like, I can't, I can't skip it because I have a, like a competition coming up or something. Right. And, um, and so basically what we realized is that we really need to meet people where they are with their goals. 
And um, one step in that direction is to say, hey, here's the state of your body. Uh, if you want to go down this route, we recommend prioritizing some restful, like active recovery activities, you know, on the side of this, et cetera. We want you to do what you want to do. We just want to also help you kind of get away with as much as you can in the process uh, and optimize right. what you want. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you just, you know, on the back end, because a lot of people view software as, you know, as a black box, if you will. And there's algorithms going on. There's data being fed back. There's data being crunched. And then instantaneously it says, hey, Pete, you need to drink like an extra three glasses of water if you're going to go do this type of workout because you didn't do X, Y, Z or, you, but, you know, some marker is, is a little bit off. How much data have you guys aggregated in order to push out that recommendation or that yeah. advice? Yeah. So basically over the past few years, we've, um, we've had hundreds of thousands of or 700,000 now users, uh, actively collecting data and we're currently rolling out to uh, audiences around 30 million in size. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. We can talk more about that, but that we've processed over 4 billion biomarker data points at this point with a hundred million other contextual markers uh, attached to that. And those other contextual markers are things like, you know, exercise data, sleep data, caffeine, alcohol consumption, blood pressure, and other markers, um, self-reported stress levels or uh, muscle soreness and, and a bunch of stuff in between. And so that's kind of where uh, over the years we've become a lot more sophisticated on linking kind of uh, the physiology, behaviors, and outcomes, which we see as sort of the three pillars of how people can kind of progress in their journey. You've got your current state of your body, you've got your behavior, which is today's behavior plus your habits, and then you've mm -hmm. got outcomes, and that's kind of what you're hoping to achieve, right? And so um, those are kind of our three pillars that we started linking all of this massive data sets to, to help people get more specific guidance. And then we can dig into, if we have the time, is the evolution of that is actually then when it gets embedded into other products. And that really closes the loop on answering the question of, now what should I do? <laughs> got it. Yeah. So, so you've got a lot of partner logos listed on your website. Um, Sounds like, you know, health clubs and studio operators and anybody in and around, you know, this term we use Halo, health, active, lifestyle, outdoor, anyone around the sector is yearning for data, is yearning to get people results. And if you're competing against, you know, a self-serve club that's, I love Planet Fitness because again, people off the couch, they might not be the target market for this, but they might be after they're there for three months or six months or whatever. And maybe they're a little more savvy about their data and about their body what they want to achieve you know is this a private label platform is this a aggregator of information are you trying to build the sprint brand are you trying to build the client brand and what are the options on how to work with you yeah so you know one of the you, you, we still have our elite hrv app so if uh you know uh consumers or end users or fitness seekers are, are listening you can go get the elite hrv app it's a free app um and uh, but right now we're actually heavily focused our our new innovation right now in with our partners, and so um, that kind of is two two buckets. One is other kind of tech oriented products, so that means like apps, like training apps or uh, wearables, uh, things like that. We actually have helped several companies launch new wearables that are coming soon. I can't actually say the names yet, but um, there will be some more competing wearables in the market, but powered by Spren, which is our platform. Okay. Nice. And um, 
and then, but, but for the operators, like let's say gyms, uh, coaching, uh, things like that, if you already have your own app, we can actually embed this tech right into your app. And so if you think about it like a checkout, I don't know if anybody has purchased anything online in the past couple of years, but uh, you know, if, if it wasn't on Amazon, then it's very highly likely that it was powered by like Shopify or Stripe or something like that. Right. Not to get too far off into the weeds, people don't necessarily care so much how their checkout is working as long as they know it's secure and they're able to get the product that they're trying to buy. And that's how we're embedding into other products. So basically, it's kind of like powered by Spren. But it could be your brand. For example, we have a company called Fitbod, who's a, a training app. Uh, they, they're kind of like an AI coach strength training app. And mm-hmm. they're they're embedding our tech in there. And it's for it's all branded Fitbod, totally custom. They're their app. Powered by Spren is just a biomarker collection and insights. But the cool thing is, is let's say you're into strength training. You're doing uh, some training with Fitbod. And they're like, okay, now we've got this extra data showing not only your recovery status each day, so we can tailor our AI coach, but we also can show you your progress objectively over time by showing changes in muscle mass, changes in body fat, changes in cardiovascular fitness based on these different markers that we embed into their app. It's all in their app, seamless. So when you think about, there's been several (laughs) different companies in the industry on the, uh, you know, body mapping or, you know, here's what your, your body's going to look like after you lose 25 or 30 pounds, pounds. There's a company called, uh, Staiku. There's a, another company, uh, called, I think, uh, something 360 and you're going on a device and you're going around and it's checking your, your muscle mass through mm-hmm. the, you know, going up through your, through your, your heels, as well as, comprising your body into like an avatar or a digital state. And then basically it's used as a sales tool for someone to say, Hey, look, if you want to be here three months, you want to do two personal trainings a week, I can get you from here. And then like literally like pull a, you know, a, a reel and be like, okay, this is what I think your, your body's going to get to. It's been, a, and I always say that people buy with their eyes, right? So that, that visual is very helpful and aspirational. And it seems like you guys have a lot behind the scenes here that's either replacing or optimizing a couple of different companies and technologies that are now just like happen to be part of your toolkit. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So like our underlying mission is basically to make meaningful insights about the body more accessible to more people. That's kind of a driving force. So that's like getting getting the hardware out of the way in some cases. It's working with lots of different types of devices in other cases. And it's also making things embeddable into the places people want are doing stuff, right? And so mm-hmm. to your point there, it's like uh, we're kind of end user first. And I know that tech industry says end users, but for gems, it's the members, for you know, mm-hmm. uh, e-commerce, it's the consumers, whatever. It's the, it's the people who are trying to improve that we're trying to serve first and then link those to business outcomes And so ultimately, it's exactly what you just said is when you're onboarding, you kind of want to know, what's my starting point? Because there's a thousand different fitness products and services that I can choose from. Why will this one be the one that moves the needle for me? And we we help businesses demonstrate that, which motivates end users, members to kind of keep going with the product and stick with it. Because honestly, improving health and fitness is hard. We need to kind of know that it's working to, to... put our efforts into it over time and stick with it. And so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the companies we work with love the progress tracking features, 
which starts with like an initial baseline, checking in periodically and seeing the results objectively unfolding right before the the member's eyes. So so if I'm uh, hypothetically, I'm in a company, it uses Spren, uh, am I opting in and basically sharing my physical activity data and whatever else is being tracked with my employer? So, uh, totally up to your, you, it's not, uh, so basically all we do is we, we're kind of like a tech infrastructure, right? So we're like, Hey, um, let's say, uh, so I don't know if you've heard of Forte. Forte is a really cool platform. Yeah. Forte. Yep. Forte yeah. Fit. So we're integrating with Forte. And basically what that means is that the, uh, gym operators that use Forte will automatically get Spren functionality built into their experience. Uh, which means that their gym members, let's say it's UFC or YMCA or somebody that's using Forte, mm-hmm. um, those members can then start measuring things about their body. They don't have to share it with anybody. It's completely for them first. But optionally, um, there are ways that you can share it with a coach or share it with a provider or share it with your employer. But that would be kind of separate products that you would have to opt into. So it's it's all under ultimately your control as the um, business and your control as the end user. <laughs> gotcha. Understood. Are you seeing a lot of people using the software right now for uh, event driven? Uh, are you seeing it as like just a day-to-day routine? Are you seeing it where people are doing a challenge? I'm sure you get a lot of different clients that come in and say, Hey, I'm doing this and I want to track it or I want to pilot this new program or Hey, I got some more money into my corporate, you know, wellness program. And, you know, I want to, I don't know if I want to make like a five-year commitment to the software because I don't know where this is going. And I don't know what kind of, you know, uptake it's going to have. So give us some ideas for people that are listening to this podcast, which will be thousands, Mr. Moore, thousands. We get my mother on. She'll be like, Jason Moore, get back. Anyway. Love it. <laughs> right. Give us some ideas of people that are saying, hey, I'm trying something new and I want to use this and see how it goes. And that might expand the the people that reach out to you afterwards. Yeah. So this is the beauty of this model where we've launched this platform, right? And what we found is that when we were going direct to consumer with Elite HRV, so many people benefited from the data, but they were doing so many different things with it. And so from managing like a chronic health condition to dealing with mental uh, health and fitness to just trying to be more active or get fitter or even train for the Olympics, we've literally helped people win gold medals in the Olympics, training adapting their training with our data. And so um, the the spectrum is pretty wide. So going as this platform, it allows us to get embedded with some really cool partners. So a couple examples. One is a company called Make Visible. Actually, I think they're visible, but Make Visible is their uh, URL. They're helping people manage uh, long COVID and chronic health conditions um, and track data that allows them to go from uh, these conditions often restrict exercise a lot. And long story short, they're able to build up incrementally smaller, more exercise, get outside and do more. And this data is a feedback loop for that audience. Hmm. And it helps them stay ahead of pain and all these other issues that are associated with these long-term uh, chronic health conditions. So that's an amazing use case, but it's very different from the FitBod use case where I talked about where people are going in there for strength training. They have body composition goals where they want to increase muscle mass, decrease body fat, get stronger, that type of thing. And so uh, they're using similar biomarkers, but in different ways. And the cool thing is our platform powers up both of those experiences seamlessly. 
it's completely up to those businesses how they want to deliver the data. We help them uh, with the interpretation and collection, and then they layer on their their own content and experience. Got it. That sounds awesome. So, so in closing here, why don't you give us, um, you know, you being an entrepreneur uh, coming from an industry where you know billions of dollars are spent on prevent preventive maintenance and you know oil and gas, they're always buying the best technologies because it optimizes their bottom line and makes it safer. Um, becoming an entrepreneur is your first foray into your, your first company, correct? correct? How have you kind of recalibrated or like, give us like a little insight into how you've been able to manage your own, you know, patience and, and, you know, roller coaster. I know you got a quote on your website, uh, talking about winning today, you know, by Tim Ferriss, we're all about winning. We've got this book that we put out called time to win again. Um, so how, how do you, how, when you got into this, you know, give us like 60 seconds on being an entrepreneur, understanding things don't happen overnight and you're trying to solve a really, really big problem. And it's not going to happen in, it might be a five, 10 year plan. It's not a five or 10 month plan where you're like, bang, everyone gets it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a roller coaster. I have to say, um, I, I have this quote, I like things usually take longer and are harder than you thought they would be. But when you get through it, you accomplished more than you thought you would have. And so I like that. that's how I feel a lot about entrepreneurship and business is like, holy shit, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. There's so much more to figure out. But then looking back, I'm like, wow, I've grown so much, learned so much and accomplished way more than I ever thought I would. And mm. um, so it's kind of an amazing, uh, if you think about it with that learner's mindset, it's really easier to stay motivated through those harder times. I also like to say, the best time to be optimistic is when things are looking like they're not going that well, because you need that optimism to kind of get through. Um, and the yeah. best time to be pessimistic is when things seem to be running super smooth and you're flush with cash because you're kind of like, I'm going to grow complacent. I'm going to end up wasting a bunch of time and money if I'm not careful here. And yeah. so those are some lessons learned of the business uh, road. But I will say it's really helpful that um, I didn't come from money and I'm not poo-pooing on people that did come from money because congratulations, that's awesome. Use those resources. But right. um, I have through my family life, witnessed some pretty highs and lows from a financial perspective. So then when I was uh, responsible for other people's families and for investor dollars and for, you know, delivering to people, uh, it was easier for me to make personal sacrifices knowing that I would never reach the low lows that I had already experienced as a kid uh, through some of my family life. Um, but anyway, yeah. that's kind of getting into the weeds. I just wanted to share that, um, Got to be ready to take some punches. <laughs> yeah, take some punches. Also, just for people out there that are raising money, you know, you're intimating that when you take money from friends and family, you know, those people are out there basically funding your first experiment, and you should treat them like their friends and family. If things aren't going well, or if you have the ability to pay them back, whether it's through this venture or some other, you know, means or capacity. But I feel like sometimes people go hard on bringing in capital and then treat those investors as if they're just an investor and they're not a friends and family anymore. So I think that's an interesting takeaway uh, as well. Well, look, man, we're looking forward to uh, meeting you in person. I think what you're onto is, is, is really big. Thanks for uh, pivoting. And uh, you're now officially, uh, you know, part of the halo community and a halo evangelist. So, you know, you are hereby now anointed. So take that, take that seriously, my friend, I appreciate well, my cousin. It. 
Yeah, Pete, hey, this has been awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, I love what you're doing and spreading the word here. And um, yeah, always open to feedback and ideas from folks. So anyone who has stuff, reach out. We're very communicative and transparent with that stuff. Awesome. All right, man. On three, go Halo. One, two, three. Go Halo. Halo.